Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwell. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. The BSN Nuggets podcast, as always, is presented by Total Beverage. Right now, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, visit the Total Beverage website, download their app, plug in the promo code BSN10. You guys can save $10 off a $50 purchase. Even better, have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage now delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here right after this Nuggets win over the Celtics 114-105 Tuesday edition of the show. The Nuggets, they're playoff bound for the first time in the Mike Malone era. For the first time since 2013, the Denver Nuggets will be going to the postseason. They clinch the playoff spot tonight. They get their 47th win of the season, fitting that they eclipse last season's win total uh, on this night. A lot of fitting things about this evening, but heading into this game, man, a, a lot of storylines, uh, a lot to talk about. We spoke about it on Monday's show. Jamal Murray, Kyrie Irving, that whole rivalry, feud, dust up, whatever you want to call it, going back to earlier this season in Denver. You had the Isaiah Thomas factor coming into this thing. You had Denver on the cusp of a playoff appearance. A, a lot of stuff going into this game, but All in all, I mean, this night really worked out in the Nuggets' favor when you look at all of those things we were talking about in the lead-up to this one. 47 wins on March 18th. 47. Uh, The Nuggets have 13 games left in their season. It's really easy to see them cruising to to somewhere in the mid-50s. If you would have told me that before the season... I would have been a little bit surprised. Uh, I, I thought they were you know, going to win maybe 48, 49, 50 what was the best-case scenario. It looks like they're just going to blow past the best-case scenario. What a fun season this has been. Uh, th- this was a, a really fun game. Um, man, a, a lot to talk about. The, the IT stuff, yeah. Nikola Jokic w- was just phenomenal. But, man, this is just a, a fun team. Like The pieces fit so well together. Everybody roots for each other. What we're watching is is pretty special. I feel like this is a team that Nuggets fans are, are just going to remember for a long time. I think they are too. And I think the one characteristic that sticks out about this team, and 
it, it was something that was brought up after this game when we saw the videos leak out from the locker room, the celebration after this one. This team has fun. This team has a lot of fun. You've called them the party time nuggets because the phrase party time has kind of become synonymous with this team. It's got a whole backstory and whatever, and there'll be a time and place to get into that. But I mean, these are the party time nuggets. They have fun. They win a lot of games and they have a great time doing it. An easy way to tell if your season is going well, if you break out of huddles with party time, yeah, yeah. you're probably having a good season. I think that's how we're going to remember this team, regardless of what happens in the playoffs regardless of if they make a run or if they get hit in the first round. I mean, this group has a lot of fun. It's an incredibly tight-knit group. Uh, the culture here is incredible. The camaraderie, the continuity from last year obviously helped with that. But I mean, this group just has an amazing time together. They love playing with one another. And it's evident, you know, watching them every night. It's just uh, the spirit of this team is incredible. And, I mean, that's the one thing I'll probably always think about with this team really regardless of uh, what happens this season. A lot to get into. Uh, like I said, Nikola Jokic had an incredible night, I thought. Really just dominated this game. Maybe one of his better defensive games of the year as well. Uh, we can talk about Jamal and Kyrie going up against one another. Of course, Isaiah Thomas returning. We'll get off some thoughts on that in a second. But where this game turned, it was at the very end of the third quarter when the Nuggets were trailing uh, late in that period. Torrey Craig scored five points in 0.8 seconds, and it was just two possessions, but this completely changed the momentum of this game, and then once the fourth quarter started, before you knew it, Denver's lead was 10 points, and yeah, the Celtics fought back into this game in the middle of the fourth quarter a little bit, but that's when Denver really captured control of this one. I knew the Nuggets were going to get a good look at the end of the third quarter because I could see Monte Morris with the ball in his hands. Him and Mason Plumlee were going to go into the pick and roll. And as soon as I saw them about to get into that action, I was like, well, Denver's going to get a clean look at the very least. Mm -hmm. Monte found Plumlee on the roll. Plumlee made a really nice pass, kind of barreling down the lane right into Torrey Craig's bread basket in the corner. Great shot by Craig. And then Brad Stevens did something kind of curious. Called a timeout with 1.1 seconds to go. Uh, the Celtics had the ball out of their own baseline, so they you know, had to go the full length of the court. You know, I saw some people say that maybe he got a little bit cute with that. I think there's something to that, but also you kind of just, like, the plan was for them to throw the ball to Jalen Brown on the other side of the floor. So, like, even if he can't handle it, the ball's on the other side of the floor, and, like, the Nuggets have to toss up a 70-footer. Yeah, like, like, as long I, as Marcus Morris can yeah. throw the ball inbounds, they yeah. can make a play. Marcus Morris just airmailed that ish. Yeah. Like, that was like a Tebow duck. Yeah, that was like a Case Keenum overthrow. Wow. Uh, but uh, <laughs> too soon? No, it was more like a Joe Flacco overthrow, actually. <laughs> Joe Flacco is a good deep ball. That's like the one good thing you can yeah, do. I, I yeah, am a you're football right. expert. You're right. But anyway, yeah. Wonder Boy Brad Stevens, not one of his best moments. I mean, if that play works, we're probably saying, oh, God, what an amazing call from Brad Stevens. But. Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The slob master. All right, anyways, the game just seemed to turn in that possession. And, I mean, Torrey Craig played great in this game, I thought. I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, even as Michael Malone has trimmed down this rotation, and even before that, I felt like Torrey Craig should be getting more minutes. 21 minutes in this one. He played a lot with the starters at times tonight. 5-7 from the field. He hit that big three for the first three points of that five-point spurt. Uh, the last two points of that coming after Morris turned the ball over and Denver got the ball back under uh, that hoop. And Torrey Craig had a nice backdoor cut where he just caught Jalen Brown sleep, uh, sleeping. 
Paul Millsap delivered the pass and he uh, hit that bucket there. Also, eight rebounds for Torrey Craig. Uh, we know how good of a rebounder he is. He was a plus 12 in this game, uh, the second highest plus minus next to Nicole Jokic and 13 points for Torrey. How big of a role do you think he's going to play in the playoffs? Because he's seen his minutes kind of go up and down here, but I've always thought like he's a guy who Denver uh, could use a little bit more just for matchup purposes in the playoffs. I mean, I, I love Torrey Craig as the ninth guy. That, that's essentially what he was in this game. Michael Malone extended his rotation a little bit. I thought that was a good move from him. You know, continuing to play eight, eight and a half guys, I think was going to wear some guys a little bit thin. But yeah, Torrey Craig is a really good ninth guy. He can, you know, he's pretty versatile out there on the wings. He's just all energy and effort. And, you know, if he's going to hit a three for you, then he's, he's just going to be awesome. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's just icing on the cake. So I like him in that role. Yeah, if he can hit that corner three, I mean, he was one of two today. It's not like he hit three or four triples, but if he can just knock down those open threes because he's going to be wide open, he's the one guy that the defense is going to leave when he's out there on the floor with a Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, you know, whoever else is out there with him, they're going to leave Torrey Craig. So if he can knock those shots down, he's going to be able to stay on the floor. The Nuggets are going to be able to put together healthy and winning offense when he's out on the floor. I mean, from there, that just seemed to jumpstart Denver's fourth quarter, obviously. Nuggets just played with so much confidence after that spurt, I thought. They rattled off a a quick run after that, and it it seemed like they just captured control of this game because, you know, that third quarter was shaky in parts. Denver turned the ball over a lot. But I don't know. It just seemed like that spurt kind of changed things for them. Yeah, there, there's no question. That was that was the turning point of this game. Denver was so sloppy in the third quarter. Um, Will Barton, a, a bunch of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Denver Denver committed six turnovers as, as a team in that quarter. They just didn't look like the Nuggets that we're accustomed to seeing. And and you're right, everything flipped on on those two Craig baskets. Denver won the fourth quarter, 34 to 25. Nikola Jokic. Got his jumper going a little bit, but yeah, that was that was a turning point of this game. I mean, we've seen the Nuggets battle back from rough quarters like this before, and this has been another theme with this team this season. Last year, they would have a quarter like this third quarter tonight. They turn the ball over a lot. They don't make a lot of shots. They fold, especially on the road in a tough atmosphere in Boston. Uh, when things have been going well for them, we could have seen this team fold last season, but you know this group doesn't do that anymore. So uh, I felt like this game, you know, it's followed the trend of a lot of Nuggets games this season, and it came over a Celtics team uh, who's tough to beat in Boston, you know, who is a good quality Eastern Conference opponent. And I mean, I think it was one of the Nuggets' marquee road wins of the season. Where, where do you think this ranks uh, among their best wins on the road? Probably near the top. Yeah, this is definitely up there. They're 17 and 16 on the road this year. That's the mark of a good NBA team. You know, one that can hang around 500 or even go above 500 on the road. That's how you know you're competitive. I mean, even last year, that that Nuggets team really struggled on the road at at times. They've already eclipsed last year's win total on the road. Um, That that one in OKC on the second night of Mm -hmm. back-to-back comes in mind. Opening Um, night over the Clippers. We know how good of a team they've been this season. Yeah, they, they had one in Portland that, w- that was pretty impressive, but th- this is right up there. 22 wins. That's how many wins the Nuggets targeted uh, to win away from home this year. Uh, how did Denver get to that total? Well, they looked at how many wins away from home every playoff team had last season. They took the average of that. It came out to 22. Uh, they're at 17 right now. 
They've got a few road games remaining here, but they should be able to get the 22. Granted, Michael Malone and his group probably wasn't thinking they were going to be this dominant at home, which certainly helps them out. But look, they've still got road games on this trip at Washington, at New York, at Indiana, and they've got at Houston, at OKC, 22 should be uh, really you know, right there for the taking. Yeah, nine of their, their final 13 games are on the road, so mm-hmm. they've got a lot of chances to get that done. Only four games left at Pepsi Center this year. They've got Detroit, Washington, San Antonio, Portland, and Minnesota. So five games? Yeah, five games left at home at Pepsi Center this season. If they win... Four of those, they'll go to 34-7 and at home. It's been an incredible run at Pep Center this year, but I think that also puts into perspective how ridiculous the Nuggets were at home that season when they only lost three games. Oh, man. Incredible mark that was. Yeah, that was an unbelievable season. Um, You know, it's funny. We were talking to to Will Barton in the locker room on Saturday, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we were just kind of peppering him with questions of, how far has this team and this franchise come in the five years you've been here? You know, Gary Harris and Will Barton are the guys who've been here on the ground floor. They're the only two guys in the roster who predate Michael Malone coming in. They were here with Malone that, that first year. Um, and I thought Barton's answer was interesting. He said, I remember when I first got traded here, nobody was at the games. It was quiet as a church mouse. When it was crowded, they were rooting for the other team. Losing, it wasn't fun. For us to come this far is very satisfying. I was here from that to where we are now. I think what you know has happened at Pepsi Center these last couple of years is one of the best ways to, to gauge just the progress the Nuggets have made. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team was 28th, 30th, and 30th in home attendance in Barton Harris's first three seasons here. This year, they're all the way up to 12th. Yeah. I mean, the proof is right there in the numbers. How, I, I, there have been so many sellouts this year. I don't have the numbers offhand, but... Nuggets have sold out, obviously, way more home games than they did last year, but you can feel the city getting behind the team, and why not? This is an incredibly likable team with an incredibly likable head coach who's had a couple uh, real notable one-liners this season, and he had another after uh, this win to clinch the playoff berth, dropping the party time reference. But it's just a super likable team, and it's a fun team, like I was saying earlier. I mean, has anybody had a better year than, than Michael Malone on this no. team? Maybe Nikola Jokic? Michael Malone is just on a heat check. He is on an extended heat check. One, I think, should end in coach of the year. You look at the job he's done. Most games missed in the league this year due to injury. The second youngest roster in the league, taking a team that missed the playoffs last year and molding it into a top 10 defense and having it at the top of the West. I mean, come on. What resume stacks up to that? I don't want you to say what Mike Budenholzer has done in Milwaukee because it just doesn't stack up. Uh, I totally agree. And and take that L on the way out. Iconic line, almost instantly. Like that's going to be a Denver sports meme or whatever mm-hmm. forever. Well, I'm not sure how the Nuggets have not worked that into either their playoff slogan or, or their pregame hype video. I mean, it's underused, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely have it just just cut up on a track with like some sinister laughter. So like, you know, when Denver gets a, a big home win, you play it right at the buzzer. Take that L on the way out. <laughs> right. You play take that L and you mash it up with some video from them celebrating clinching the playoff berth. That's Ooh. how you do it. Please send us your ideas for, for pregame hype videos for the playoffs. All right, let's hit a break real quick. A lot more to get to on this game. 
Isaiah Thomas played that. Wasn't too surprising to me, uh, but we'll have some thoughts on that in a second. Nicole Jokic dominated this game. Uh, what a night from him and some other thoughts on the Nuggets went over the Celtics. We'll be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here. Tuesday edition of the program. The Nuggets are in. They have clinched a postseason berth for the first time since 2013. Nobody on this Nuggets team was here in 2013. Gary Harris and Will Barton, they're the founding fathers of this group. Gary Harris was here uh, in 2014. Will Barton got here at the trade deadline in the 2014-15 season. But, I mean, those guys are, are the founding fathers. They've seen it all. I need a Photoshop of Will Barton and Gary Harris in, like, Colonial Wigs ASAP. Mm-hmm. Photoshoppers, please help me out. Yes, the two founding fathers of the Nuggets. Somebody who is not a founding father, but... Could very well have a statue outside Pepsi Center one day. Nikola Jokic, what a game from him tonight. I just felt like he dominated all aspects of this game on the offensive end and really had one of his better nights defensively. Was a plus 15 uh, in this nine-point win. Played 36 minutes, 9 of 14 from the floor, 21 points. Anything in particular stick out to you from his night? Yeah, I mean, he was brilliant on offense. We've seen that a lot. I thought this was one of the better defensive games. I've seen Jokic put together three blocks, two steals, two just swats of Kyrie Irving. That was pretty cool to see. Um, the, the Celtics were really targeting him in, in this game, and I thought he more than held his own. There was a play there in the fourth quarter where I believe it was, it was him and Kyrie in the in the right corner, and Jokic just did a great job of, of containing him and contesting him. Honestly, this game made me feel a little bit more optimistic just about Jokic on defense in the playoffs. Um, I thought the way that the Celtics were going at Jokic was was kind of similar to the way teams are going to try to go at him in the playoffs. And I thought he was fantastic, man. He was so mobile on that end tonight. I think it was at the end of the second quarter. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. But the Celtics went at him and I'd say targeted him in like 14 or 15 straight possessions. I agree. This was one of his better defensive performances of the season as well. He was good in space. He was also really good at the rim. You know, he had three blocks in this one. I think all three of those came like right defending the rim. Like as a rim protector, the guy that... He struggled to be at times over his career. He was 
very good defending the rim. That's probably what stood out to be most about his uh, defensive game. But, you know, 21 points, it was a quiet 21, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, but it just seemed like he dominated this game. This game was played at his pace, I thought. I thought he did a great job controlling the pace, and that's one of the underrated things he does. Kind of think of him as the point guard in that sense, how uh, the point guard is kind of responsible and controlling a pace for his team. Jokic really sets the pace for Denver, and I thought they played it to like exactly how he wanted it. I want to take your temperature on this because it's been a while. Where do you think Jokic should finish MVP voting if it ended today, and where do you think he would finish? I think he should finish third. I think he'll finish outside the top five, though. Yeah, I, I think he should finish third. I, I think, in my mind, he, he's past Paul George. Um, George has faded a little bit. I know he's dealt with that, that shoulder injury, but... And Jokic had faded a tad, I'd say, over you know the last couple of weeks. But obviously, this was a big game. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the narrative going into the Indiana game was, oh, is Nikola Jokic tired? And Nikola Jokic, you know, he was either tired of hearing the tired narrative or he got over being tired or was never tired in the first place because he crushed Miles Turner, one of the better defensive centers in basketball. He, I thought he dominated his matchup against Al Horford, who's also one of the best defensive centers in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy that Jokic can just, you know, chew up and spit out these studs. Yeah, he must have gone to gladiator mode. <laughs> I am not tired. We cannot be tired. He looked tired in those first two games of the homestand. Did not look tired against the Pacers. Looked refreshed tonight. He, he was he was jumpy. He was you know in rhythm. He was slinging the ball around the court. I felt like he had a ton of energy tonight. Yeah, I was listening to all the videos of you know people were asking the Nuggets, "How are you going to celebrate going to the playoffs?" Mm-hmm. Jokic was like, "Oh, maybe I'll go to dinner with Wancho and go home and play some video games. Tomorrow's a new day." Dinner with Wancho is that one of those things you could buy on that site that the Firefest guy made <laughs> after the Firefest failed? Dinner with Wancho. Well, Wancho is a um, probably a little too obscure of a name, although getting dinner with him would be really fun. I remember one of the the actual promos that the Firefest guy did was, "You can have dinner with LeBron." Like, like LeBron is just gonna like except $500 for a rando to have dinner with him. Right. I mean, dinner with Wancho might be a little more attainable. You could probably rope Wancho into that. Yeah. What's like a believable figure if you're trying to run that scam? Like uh, $75? Dinner with Wancho? Uh, 200 Okay. <laughs> 200 I think you could get somebody to bite for that. What do you think Jokic does? Like, if, if the Nuggets, I don't know, say they win a championship one day, like, do you think he's just going to like tear it up? Or do you think he's just going to go to Cheesecake Factory? Well, it probably depends on how old he is when they win a championship. What did Dirk do when he won the championship? He oh, would he know this. drank like an enormous gold bottle of champagne, like right. a, like a hundred thousand dollar bottle of champagne that Mark Cuban bought. Right. Dirk Dirk has a will have a few uh, when time is right. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I probably. would I'll go with that route. I'll, I'll go with I'll go with the Dirk route. Like he'll be really composed and then just let loose if that time does come. I hope we get to see it. But yeah, Jokic was, he was excited, but pretty subdued. I, I think he's has bigger things in mind for this year. If the Nuggets finish first in the West, does Jokic finish 
top five. You would think he'd have to be top five if they finish first in the West. It doesn't even matter by how many games they finish first by. If they're even tied with the Warriors and are able to recapture the tiebreaker in this final game, and that's how they win the West, that might even be enough. Just the value and just the meaning, the symbolism of being first in the West, that should at least get him in the top five, don't you think? Yeah, if they finish first in the West, I think he'll definitely finish in the top five. And if it ended today, I actually do think he he would finish in the top five. I think he'd finish, I don't know, fourth or fifth. You do? Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I mean, he should, obviously. He should be third right now. It, it's such an easy just selling point if, if they finish first. Right. Like, you can play, like, the outreach it's card. It's the first thing that you put at the top of your, your resume that the PR team sends out. Yeah, and if he doesn't, I mean... You kind of have reason to be outraged. Yeah, so he was great tonight. Another big night from Nikola Jokic. 21 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. Another storyline heading into this one, Jamal Murray and Kyrie Irving facing off for the first time since Murray had 48 in Denver and then obviously tried to get 50-plus on the last play of the game when everything was already decided. The Celtics and Kyrie Irving did not take too fondly to that. Kyrie Irving tossed the game ball in the stands. Uh, I'm not sure if Murray ever got it back. Oh, no, he did get it back. He did get the game ball back. But anyways, this was the first time those guys were facing off. Since that game, were you expecting more fireworks from those guys? Because it didn't really seem to develop into anything heated or anything like that. I mean, I I don't think I expected them to to go at each other, like physically or or anything like that. Um, Kyrie was pretty good in this game. Uh, Jamal, uh, relatively quiet, and, and he made some mistakes late. Um, you know, Jamal, I thought he made some nice shots from the mid-range in this game. He, he's such a good scorer from the mid-range zones on the floor. Mm-hmm. I will say for him, I, I do worry about him as a ball handler sometimes, you know, late in close games. Uh, he made a shaky pass there, and, you know, Denver was still able to hang on and really win pretty comfortably. But there, there are times when Jamal – you know, the pressure really turns up, and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous when he's got the ball in his hands. Well, things got tight. Denver seemed to tighten up a little in the fourth quarter when the Celtics were making a little bit of a run. They had some careless turnovers. Jamal Murray had, you know, those one-handed fall-away passes that he tries to make that turn into Celtics turnovers and Celtics points, but you know, they played well enough down the stretch. Yeah, they didn't have... Kyrie and Jamal didn't have like one, you know, quintessential moment where they were going at each other or whatnot. Kyrie defended Murray for a lot of this game. Kyrie really got going in the third quarter. He had, what, like nine plus points or something in that quarter alone out of his 30. He was pretty good, I thought, for the most part. Finished with 30 points. This is Kyrie Irving, 10 of 23 from the field, 8 of 8 from the line. Uh, Murray, probably a below average game from him. Uh, 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting. Three turnovers certainly hurt. Uh, but, you know, he was solid throughout. Does Jamal Murray have a ceiling that's higher than Kyrie Irving's? No. No. Jamal Murray can never get to this level that Kyrie Irving is at right now. I mean, maybe he could get somewhere <laughs> some somewhere comparable, but, I mean, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be as good as Kyrie, which is not really knocking him. Kyrie's freaking amazing. Yeah. Kyrie just gets by guys so easy. Mm-hmm. Like well, Jam- he's got the best handle in the league, I think. Yeah, Jamal Jamal doesn't have that. Like it, Jamal labors to get by guys sometimes. Like Kyrie just decides to get by somebody and does it. Yeah, I think he's got that ceiling. I'm not sure if he'll get there though. It's fun to talk about. 
Anyways, let's hit another break real quick. Isaiah Thomas played seven first half minutes in this one. We'll talk about that on the other side in his return to Boston. We'll be right back. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. We're back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here, Tuesday edition of the show how surprised were you that Isaiah Thomas walked to the scores table in the middle of the first quarter and checked into this game logged seven minutes in this one you're right I, I was a little bit surprised um you know Michael Ballone gave him a, a little bit of run out there gave him some time to to soak up some love from the Boston fans I mean it's crazy the the affection IT in Boston and Boston has for IT it's pretty amazing um you know, unfortunately for Denver, that, that stretch didn't go very well. Not at all. <laughs> I had a suspicion that he would get some run in this game. I wasn't sure if it was going to come in the normal second unit minutes, like we saw it come in Boston. And when he did get in for those seven minutes, like when he got out on the floor, end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, it was pretty much the same substitution pattern, the same rotation pattern that Mike Mullen had used going back a few games when Isaiah Thomas was still in the rotation. So I didn't think necessarily we'd see that. I thought maybe he'd get three or four minutes at the end of the first half, see how that goes, and then you know maybe bring him back in the second half. But he got you know, regular first-half rotation minutes. And, you know, I tip my hat to Michael Malone. I think this was an awesome gesture. I think it meant a lot to Isaiah Thomas, obviously, he got the tribute video. He got the standing ovation. You could just browse social media and you know, see how much affection Celtics fans had for him uh, tonight, and that was pretty obvious. But I tip my hat to Michael Malone. It was a tough call for sure, but I think it was the right decision getting him out there for a couple minutes, and you're right. They weren't pretty minutes. He looked like the same guy who got jettisoned from the rotation a couple weeks ago, but you know, all in all, I think it was the right move, and it was a good choice by Michael Malone. This is a pretty cynical read on this, too, but I also think it's a pretty good PR move. Like Players around the league love Isaiah Thomas. He's a, a very popular guy. You know, Just look at how many followers that guy has on Twitter. Like That dude is incredibly famous. Guys are, are kind of watching his every move. You know, I, I think that if you're a player who's just watching this game at home or whatever, you could say... Yeah, the Nuggets tried to do Isaiah Thomas right. They they did him a solid. Definitely. And I think you can also look at Michael Malone and, and know that 
This guy is a player's coach whose players have been behind him all season, who's got a special bond with these guys. We see it on the practice court when he's draining pull-up jumpers in Jamal Murray's eye. But players really respect him, and they've got a great relationship with him, and it's because of stuff like this. I don't know how many coaches or which coaches out there would have played Isaiah Thomas tonight just based on the events that have unfolded over the last couple of weeks with how poorly he played when he came back from that 11th month absence and then getting pulled from the rotation and then Denver winning three in a row without him in the rotation and then putting him back into it tonight. But I just think it's another little bit of insight into how Michael Malone sees the game and just kind of connects with his players and has a feel for what's right in specific situations. I don't think anybody could have handled this Isaiah Thomas thing as well as Mike right. Malone has. I, I don't think there's one coach could have who could have handled it as deftly as he has. It's just, it's just not easy because you you just had to reincorporate him into the rotation just to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. Even if you know maybe in, in your heart of hearts you, you think that it's going to be hard for this guy to contribute. You know he has he hasn't played basketball in eleven months, but they saw what he had. Michael Malone was honest with him that he's going to pull him back out of the rotation. You know, I, I think he's just handled all of this great. I do. It, it was it was super tricky. I agree with you because he's been such a big part of this team behind the scenes. And I agree. You had to play him and see what he had. And it was gutsy. I think it was one of the gutsiest moves of his tenor to pull him after nine games. It seems like it's all working out in the end. He got his minutes here in Boston. The Nuggets got the win. They clinched the playoff berth. So you know, everything came up gold. What do you think is next for Isaiah Thomas? Because to me, this this is just my read on it. He doesn't really look like a guy who, I mean, he looks like a guy who expects to be a top 10 player in the league again. I mean, he finished fifth in MVP voting two years ago. So, you know, I can kind of see where he's coming from and just this incredible confidence in himself. That's, that's why he is where he's at. But I feel like IT is not bracing for the possibility that you know, he might not ever be that guy again. I'm, I'm just curious what the next step for him and how he adapts. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what level he can get back to. But I tell you what I do know is that he needs a summer of, I don't want to call it rehab because he's recovered from the injury, but he just needs a summer of playing hoops, you know? Like, we see it on Twitter every day almost from him. Where can I play five on five? And he hasn't gotten a lot of five-on-five practice time with the Nuggets since he's been back because, you know, the Nuggets haven't practiced a ton. He just hasn't really gotten a chance to get a lot of reps under his belt. And that's going to be the only thing that helps him get back to a level where he can, you know, be in a rotation constantly and play winning basketball again. So that's the biggest thing. He's got to just, you know, take this summer to get in the lab, get in the gym, and just hoop and just play a lot, and that will be how he can get back to being a rotation player next season. I don't think it's going to be in Denver. I don't anticipate him coming back to Denver. I think if Isaiah Thomas had his way, and if he got his wish, he'd go back to Boston next season. It seemed like he wanted to last summer, but it will be interesting to see where he winds up. Is Rozier an unrestricted? I believe he's restricted. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just wondering if there's like any pathway for him to be like yeah. a, a second or third point guard, you know, scoring guard off the bench there. That's where he wants to be. What, just watching this game, watching this day unfold, you could tell it almost seems like he's meant to be there, you know. He's wearing the green and gold shoes. The signs were out. You know, the standing ovation. I mean, it seems like that's where he's meant to play basketball. But 
I don't know. We'll see where his future winds up. All right. I think that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. The Nuggets are back in the playoffs. We got a lot of content on bsindenver.com right now. Will Barton got philosophical in the Nuggets locker room over the weekend. We've got some stories about just his thoughts on getting back to the playoffs. And like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, he came here three, four years ago. The Nuggets got booed off the court after a couple losses to Portland, one I can remember vividly, one I know him and Gary Harris I remember really uh, like it was yesterday and you know now they're back in the playoffs so it's been a long road for those guys specifically but good times are ahead for this team and with that we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.